you definitely need to see the signs and symptoms and having those signs and symptoms is really something that you need to look at as a parent and don't ignore it because don't tell them to toughen up and go out there and just brave it because it doesn't happen that way. It keeps eating up inside you and that student needs to have help from the school. If the school doesn't react to it, then you need to find other help. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Hello, hello, Blissful Parents, Michelle Abraham here, your host, and I'm excited to bring you another amazing interview today with a special guest who's a friend of mine. We've connected over the last few years, actually the last few months, seems like years, but last few months. <laughs> and let me introduce you to Jason Croning. Jason, hi, how are you? Doing awesome, Michelle. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to meeting yeah. and talking to everyone. Absolutely. So today we're going to really talk about some anti-bullying strategies and tips and helping your kids build self-esteem through fitness, martial arts, and that's really also going to help them cope with social anxiety too. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit more about Jason. And Jason has a podcast as well, which is called Wellness on the Go. And Jason does his podcast from his RV, which is why we are kindred spirits, because as some of you know, I took an RV trip with my kids for six months and it was so much fun. So when I found out he was podcasting from his RV, I was like, yes, that's such a good idea. <laughs> Jason also has achieved a master's degree in exercise science and he's owned and operated a wellness center as well. And so he's been in the wellness industry for about nine and a half years. And in the last 18 years, he has personally coached over a thousand clients. He specializes in corporate wellness, kids, fitness, weight loss, special needs, adaptive fitness, sports training, nutrition coaching, self-defense, and kickboxing. He's writing a book called The Silent Enemy, Finding Balance from Within. Uh, Jason, you are an incredible, incredible, I want to call you a superhero because you have <laughs> this story of resilience, which I'm sure you'll share with us. And you've really taken to fitness and nutrition and helping people become better people and cope also with some of the mental things that are happening in our minds with fitness and wellness. And I just love what you're up to. So thank you for joining us today. Very welcome. Awesome. So Jason, where else uh, can your, your business is called uh, body express, right? Yes. Body yeah. express wellness solutions, body express wellness solutions. So can you just share with us where we can find more information about that before we dive in? Sure. Um, if you go on uh, www.bodyexpress, 
www.wsdoc.com and you'll find all my information on there and look forward to contacting and connecting Perfect. with you. We'll say that again at the end, but I always like to say it at the beginning too, just in case people are like, oh, I want to go check out what he's up to while you're talking. So <laughs> that's awesome. Jason, uh, you know, let's dive into the anti-bullying. Why anti-bullying? Why is that something that's really important to you? For me, uh, I always talk about this when I speak to people. When I was from about five years old to 12 years old, I was bullied significantly. I would go to school and they would call me four eyes. They call me nerd. They call me bucktooth. And believe me, I was a really nerdy looking kid and a klutz. But now that I look at it, the people were extremely mean to me. The kids were very mean to me. And it was very difficult for me. And back then there was no social media, which was great. But now it's extremely difficult for kids to even leave school and when they get bullied online. But back then, I was so bullied that I would walk down the hallway and kids would trip me. Kids would hit me at school. Kids would call me names. And I had to do something about it. Back then, my parents didn't know what to do. But I started when I was 13 years old. I started martial arts training. Believe me, I would walk over. I would fall over my two front feet. (laughs) And now I'm still doing martial arts. If it wasn't for martial arts training, I think things would be a lot different. There was a lot of issues with my self-confidence. My self-esteem was low. I didn't believe in myself. And for a young kid, you don't know where to turn to. And this was in the 80s, and it's a lot different. I know now it's a lot more help evolved, but it's also still really difficult for a kid to be bullied. And that's why I want to help other kids and parents understand what bullying looks like and what to do about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's a story that we're hearing way too often now about kids being bullied. And, you know, a lot of parents now too, we share stories about being bullied too, when we were younger. And, you know, that's, it's such a, it's such an awful, awful experience for a child to go through something like that. What would you offer some advice to some parents who are maybe are suspecting that their kids are being bullied at school? What would you suggest they do? If your kid, son or daughter, whoever is showing signs of withdrawal, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to take part in activities at school and comes home with black and blues or bruises and said, oh, they fell. I would definitely look into see what's happening and talk to them and say, open up with me. It's okay. If someone's bothering you at school, we can take care of this. Don't be the macho parents. They go beat them up. That's not going to work because both kids will get expelled and things will happen even worse. You want to prevent that child actually taking its own life or her life And that does happen or other actions may happen as well with suicide, which I've had friends that did that. And that was really difficult. You definitely need to see the signs and symptoms and having those signs and symptoms is really something that you need to look at as a parent and don't ignore it because don't tell them to toughen up and go out there and just brave it because it doesn't happen that way. It keeps eating up inside you and that student needs to have help. From the school, if the school doesn't react to it, then you need to find other help. Mm, my goodness. And from your personal story, like the help that, you know, obviously parents weren't jumping in and helping you. The school system wasn't really set up for that back in the 80s. And so you turned to martial arts for some support to kind of, I'm, I'm assuming that that's still a, a really great idea for parents who maybe suspect something like that's happening at school for your kids to put them into an activity where they're learning that self-discipline and their self-respect and, this, and then boosting their confidence, probably that would be martial arts rather than some other sport that's a team sport or something like that. Am I correct? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, team sports are great depending on what your student 
wants to actually get involved in, finding something that would help them build self-confidence is great. Even dance, martial arts is great, but you got to find the right martial arts instructor. Mm. Some martial art instructors are very old school where they cause a lot of injury. I've actually talked to a parent recently, said that they put their kids in martial arts, tell them to break boards, and then they told them to keep doing it, and they almost broke their hand. They end up with a fracture in their wrist, and they push the kid to the max. And that didn't really help build self-confidence either. Mm-hmm. Find the right instructor and then also having them try out a class. But don't force them into martial arts if they're not liking it, but slowly integrate them. And you never know, they may really enjoy it. Or find activity that does build that confidence or art or something that will really allow them to get out there and express themselves a different way. And they right. may find enjoyment in that. Yeah, I could see that would be like beneficial. Like if they're being bullied, probably team sports, not the best idea, but maybe an individual sport where they can see themselves improve and then see their self-confidence like swimming or something as well. And I think it's so there's another huge like avenue that, you know, I want to talk about with adding some sort of activity like that, because not only is it just great for their body and for their self-confidence, but I think for their mental health as well, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the mental health aspect is when you exercise, you release endorphins, you release the chemicals that really help you feel better. If your child's dealing with depression or anxiety, those chemicals will increase and your child will feel better, look better, have better balance, better health, better coordination, better self-esteem, and overall feel better and be more able to sleep at night and energized to want to do more activities and go to school and have self-confidence is the biggest part about it. I think that's really important. Mental health is number one. And then it all trickles down from there. Mm, And I bet if the parents are active and doing physical activities, I'm sure that's a lot easier for them to get the kids into them too, right? They're, you're more modeling what they would want to do as well, right? I think that really helps when the parents are also involved in, you know, going to the gym or working out or dance class or following something that they're enjoying. And that really shows the kids that uh, it's good to do these kind of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Get involved with your kids. You actually might enjoy it too. Take martial arts with your son or daughter, Uh, go to the pool with them. Have a little workout with your family and keep yourself in shape and motivate yourself. Because if you're not healthy, then how are you going to take care of your kids? And then by showing your kids an example of that you're working out and taking initiative, that will help your kids see that role model. And then be like, yeah, my dad's working out, my mom's working out, my grandma's working out, whoever's taking care of them. And that will give them an opportunity to keep going. Mm, That's great. I love that. So now you also teach kids fitness. So tell us a little bit about that and some of the stories you've seen come from like getting kids involved in the fitness space and and getting them uh, out moving and exercising. Kids fitness is great because what I do, I have kids in my class. Some of them pay attention, some don't. And I do online training and also in-person training. I had a kid in one of my karate classes, my kickboxing class. He even started doing backflips in the class. That's how talented he was. And uh, it was amazing because he was very smart. He knew what he was doing, but he needed to be pushed. What I did is I set up an obstacle course for them. And I had them run through the mats, crawl through the mats, do jumping jacks, do trampoline work, get as much energy out as possible with them. And the parents love me for it because they were able to go home, fall asleep. And they're like, oh, my kid is tired. I can sleep now. And that was the best part about it. Getting their energy out, not making it so serious, but making it fun and enjoyable for them. 
yeah, that sounds like the obstacle course and the trampoline. So it was just a lot of fun and getting them to play full out. I'm sure that that was that's really great. And so, you know, one of the other benefits of the physical activity is the obviously the mental health. And we were we were talking a little bit about the social anxiety, which we're seeing a lot now of uh, kids with social anxiety. Will the the fitness classes and that also help with the social anxiety? Most definitely. I actually dealt with social anxiety my, the majority of my life. And it goes along with performance anxiety, getting up on stage. Like if your son or daughter is getting into a play, he may have very have a very hard time getting up on stage because of social anxiety or performance anxiety. But exercise does help with that. I always call anxiety the enemy within because you don't know what's happening. I didn't know I had actual anxiety until I was pretty much in college when I had an anxiety attack, was rushed to the hospital thinking it was a heart attack. And I had pains in my back. I had numbness. I had dizziness. I had vertigo. And I had back pain for 25 years, not knowing what it was. Got massages all the time. Never went away. It was anxiety manifesting in my back. The stress and tension never went away until my anxiety went away. And now I know what to do and how to cope with it. But I wish I knew that when I was a kid. Oh, my gosh. If I knew that, I would have been way better off. And my life would have been easier for me unless pain, agony, and stress. Oh my goodness. That so for our parents that maybe suspect their kids are struggling with a little bit of social anxiety, what do you suggest they do? First thing is talk to them about how they feel. The main thing is ask them, how are they feeling? If they say, oh, my back is always hurting or I don't feel good or I feel nauseous or I feel very fearful because anxiety is the fear of the future and they say depression is the past. Mm. You definitely, it could take a it's like a fear that you don't know you have. It's a weird, it's a fear that's almost like autoimmune where you don't know why you're afraid of it. Hmm. And that could be a, something that the student is going through. I definitely would consider one, talking to the school, have a counselor talk to them, have the parent find uh, extra help. And two, try to resort not to do medication right away. Use other coping mechanisms like activities, meditation, exercise. Hmm to cope with it. A doctor wanted me put me on medication when I was probably 10 years old and told me I had some type of anxiety, but I didn't know what exactly what it was and never explained it. Just want to give me medication, but make sure you actually take the steps necessary to do that without doing medication right away. Cause you don't want to suppress something. So when they're adult, all they did is take medication and then it's still there. Of course, just, yeah. You want to get to the root cause. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, oh my gosh. And this, just the, I think the amount of anxiety and the bullying going on in our schools these days, it's really difficult for parents to kind of like navigate, like, is something going on? Should I interfere? Should I stay back and let it go? So do you, is there any, we've talked a little bit of signs that there's possible bullying going on. Is there a time that's appropriate then to start intervening with the school or with your kids? Or is that something you kind of let it play out for a little bit and see what happens? Depending on the situation, if it's a situation where someone is threatening to hurt the child, mm-hmm. like say, for instance, a bully in school is saying, I'm going to hurt your son or daughter. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. That's something to take action. If right. it happens where they knock them down or push them, they may hit their head and your child dies or passes away or has an injury for life. It has happened where people get pushed out of a chair, hit the back of their head, and then all of a sudden they're no longer able to function. They have special abilities their whole life. I think any type of bullying should be stopped right away. 
But the problem with a bully is the bully has more problems than the person being bullied. Right. You need to find the root cause of why that bully is doing what it's doing. Because a lot of times they're abused, they're neglected, they don't have a family that takes care of them. Something else is going on, there's abuse, sexual abuse, anything that might be happening to them, which are taking out other people. Mm-hmm. And find the root cause of that as well and have the school intervene. And nowadays, you can almost criminally charge someone for bullying if it's extreme. Because oh, wow. it may lead to bringing a gun to a school. Right. Or a person that gets bullied brings a gun to school and wants to go after the bully. So you got to stop it pretty fast, I think. Yeah, that's pretty scary when you think of the extremes in that case, for sure. And of course, like there's also the suicide as well. That's been uh, a big problem across North America in the last decade or so of this teen suicide rates just skyrocketing. And I had a student actually in my kickboxing class. Her mom came to me. Her mom took kickboxing with me and so did her three kids. And our kids were ages from four, eight and 12. Her oldest daughter was super smart. And the kids bullied her for being smart. And I always told her being smart is cool. There's nothing wrong with being smart. As those are the people that are going to succeed in life. And all those bullies are going to end up in jail like the people that bullied me or working at a job that they hate and they can never get out of. And she told me that her daughter tried to commit suicide before because kids bullied her so much online, in person. And also every time they went to school, it kept happening over and over again. And there was times when she wouldn't want to go to school and she wanted to commit suicide. There was another person I've talked to that I mentored uh, as a junior for Toastmasters in high school. She tried to commit suicide, took 30 pills, had to get her stomach pumped because of bullying. And she suffered from extreme anxiety. And she was a young child as well in high school, like junior high level. You really, really have to get the message across that people are being bullied in school and that it is serious. And kids will internalize it more than adults will. Mm-hmm. Like they say sticks and the stones won't make break your bones type of thing. But yeah. all that stuff does happen and kids do internalize it. Yeah, I feel like kids were not necessarily want to come home and share because they're worried then then parents are going to go to the school and they're going to get the person in trouble and then that's going to make it worse for them, right? I'm assuming that's kind of what goes on in their heads when they don't want to share. But you have to have an open door policy. I would say with your son or daughter, have an open door policy. Say, if anything is happening, I won't judge you. A lot of parents don't have training to be a parent, I think. <laughs> to be honest, it happens. <laughs> so believe me. I see my brother's kids, they go crazy and yeah. everything. Uh, <laughs> There's no uh, manual. Really... Never got any instructions. <laughs> there you go. Write a manual. There you go. Perfect. This is why I do the Blissful Parenting Podcast so I can learn all these things. <laughs> that's, that's a manual right there. Everybody listening has a manual. Yeah. Perfect. But yeah, you just need to really be open with your kids and don't be so tough on them. And things do happen where you need to allow them to speak to you and have an open door policy. Because if you don't, they're going to be afraid to talk about it and things will keep happening. And that's the best part. Yeah, for sure. I think that's keeping the communication lines open and the connection, right? When you have that connection piece with your kids, they feel like you're a safe place that they can then share, right? Um, They feel safe and secure with you. And yeah, keeping those communication lines open is so important. And especially, you know, for as kids get older, it builds up and builds up and builds up, right? If they're keeping it inside all this time, and that's where we get into trouble with them wanting to commit suicide or are taking more extreme actions on things. So I think the the talking about it and keeping the open policy from early on is such a great advice. Absolutely. Awesome. Jason, so you have a book that you're currently writing. So tell us a little about a little bit about the silent enemy, finding balance from within. Yes. 
And I changed the title a few times, but the main thing is the enemy within or the silent enemy, either one. I'm going back and forth on what to call it. <laughs> but then I also, I'm thinking about calling it knocking out anxiety, the pathway through happiness and positivity, because knocking out like the martial arts, taking right. out anxiety or neutralizing it. Mm-hmm. You need to neutralize that anxiety because it's always going to be there. It never really goes away because I have days where it starts to creep up slowly and I start to feel it. The first thing I feel is my mouth starts to go numb, which is really interesting. Mm. And then I start to feel a little trembly and anxious and don't know why. But I take a deep breath. I do some meditation. And that brings me back down. But the mm-hmm. book is going to be all about learning about anxiety, mm-hmm. my story of how I found out I had anxiety, what mm-hmm. symptoms they are that most people don't realize, and also what to do with anxiety, how to make it part of your life and to motivate you when you're on stage or even when talking in front of people or social anxiety where you're uh, in front of people, you don't feel like you're going to be super anxious. I've dealt with that a lot too, where I was around my peers. It's harder when you're around your peers because those are people your age and trying to impress them. And that's where social anxiety is the most difficult. Mm. And then also the steps to uh, success that I talk about, performance anxiety, social anxiety. And then I have in there about sleeping at night. There's mm. a trick I have for kids could do this too. If you, for instance, write down a list of all the things you're thinking about before going to bed, I call it the eraser or the mind eraser, like they do in the Men in Black movie. Right. Yeah. Somebody. That erases all the thoughts. So when you think about it, a kid say, okay, I have a thousand things to do tomorrow. Write it all down. Mm. And then think about when you start, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you start panicking about something, think about it. it's on the list. It's on the list. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll check it out in the morning. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's on that list. And that's part of what I write in that book. Yeah. And then at the very end of that, I just talk about how it has changed for me and how it became successful and all the things that you can do with having anxiety and how to cope with it and neutralizing it. So I hope that's finished soon. I'm working on it every day and I have it out there soon. That's awesome. Uh, that reminds me of uh, maybe I should try that right down list. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night with my to-do list in my head. <laughs> subconscious is crazy yeah right yeah it's always working so now you've mentioned there is a few things that you found surprising about uh anxiety can you share a couple of those with us yes when i found out about anxiety there's symptoms that i did not know that were anxiety for instance everything that a heart attack feels like sweating Mm. uh blacking out being anxious numbness pain in your back for instance i just recently experienced the last year this is really interesting and most doctors don't believe me I actually have swelling where my hand starts to itch or my joints start to itch and it swells and histamine increases in the body when I get anxious or really stressed out and I will have my joints swell. I have to take a Benadryl to stop it and it comes out of nowhere. I thought I had allergic reaction and and I stopped all the things that may be bothering me and it still happened. And when I got anxious or stressed, my hand started itching. Yeah. And it started to swell. I thought it was good luck for money coming my way, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fascinating because I had this weird allergy as a kid that nobody could figure out what it was. And it's, I used to be able to alert. I used to get hives when I was outside, outside playing in water and it, and I was getting cold. So I used to say I was allergic to being wet and cold at the same time. Like, so if it was in an outdoor pool or a sprinkler or something, I'd get covered in hives. Now I wonder, because oftentimes now, the times that I remember that happening where I was the only girl at a boy's birthday party at a pool and it, ha- it happened every year at that birthday party, I get these highs. So maybe that was anxiety too. Goodness, never knew, never thought about that. I never, never even would have thought that. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's amazing how many things manifest in anxiety. 
that right. art could be across the board. Mm. And there's this whole list and not everyone is totally different. Some people just get anxious. Some people get a whole load of things. Vertigo is another one where you start to see the room spinning. When you get sick, surprising one. Mm -hmm. it's a big part of when you get sick. And the, a lot of thing is there is anxiety, for instance, like PTSD is a form of anxiety, but there's also the fear of the unknown, a fear of being sick. People mm -hmm. that Google, I got really bad at this when COVID came out. I would Google my symptoms. Oh, you have COVID. And all of a sudden I would say, I have COVID every time I got sick. It's the fear of the, medi the medical side of things as well. Right. Fear of being hurt. Yeah. That's another yeah. type of anxiety. Tons of different types of anxiety. If you look up anxiety online, there's almost yeah. 20 different types of anxiety broken down. Mm. It's amazing. And then there's anxiety that are, is um, like a byproduct of someone else's behavior. For example, my kid, my grade one teacher was going through a messy divorce and she would yell at us all the time. My parents said my pencil would like break all the time. And like, I was so stressed out from learning to write and make holes in my paper because this is stress of the teacher's divorce. <laughs> that didn't happen at school. <laughs> oh my goodness. The counselor's job. <laughs> oh my goodness. Holy smokes. Yeah. It's amazing what our kids have to go through or is what we went through as kids to to navigate childhood. And so I love some of the tips that you've given here today about really focusing on our mental health and getting out and exercising, finding some passion or finding some enjoyment in something like kickboxing or martial arts that's really going to help people build their confidence, build their self-esteem. And that's going to really help combat any of the things that are happening at school, not to mention the open door policy with our parents and our kids too, because I think that will help. Anything else you want to leave us with, Jason, before we let you go today? I think the biggest thing for parents is to kind of combat the anxiety before it actually gets bad. Mm -hmm. When they're becoming an adult, it's really challenging. That child could actually have a better life if you find out quick enough and also, as they get older in their teens, there's a lot more anxiety with puberty and everything happening and dating and a whole bunch of things happening at one time. Try to get it when they're younger, if it happens when they're younger. If they get older, it starts to kick in a little bit. It may start really mild and then build up, and it may not, you may not realize it. But try to get it before you're an adult, because when you're an adult and you have full-blown anxiety, it's even worse, because you don't, it is never taken care of to the point where you really understood it. So try your best to find the signs and symptoms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me. That's no problem. Or contact the person that you feel comfortable speaking with. That'd be great. Awesome. Make sure you check out Jason's podcast, Wellness on the Go. Jason, anywhere else you want to send everyone? Uh, definitely to my website. It's still Body Express. And that's Body Express without the E with a big X, X-P-R-E-S-S -S dot Body Express, W-S dot com. And you can go on there. I'm happy to give a free coaching session for your child mm -hmm. online. Talk about wellness and fitness and, and see if you'd be interested in that as well. Awesome. And I love that you do online classes as well. So you're available to do online, online fitness classes from wherever anyone is while you're in your RV, which I think is super cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, Jason. Well, thank you so much for joining us today in Blissful Panting. Blissful parents, go out there and have a fabulous day. Go outside, do something fun, do something active, do something that's going to energize you and clear your mental, mental, your own mental health and, and make you feel a lot better as well. All right. Thank you so much, Jason, for being with us today. Take care, everyone. You, Michelle. Have a great fit day. Thank you. Bye. Welcome. Bye-bye.
This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you are looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.